welcome everyone to another edition to After Further Review. Mark Ferreira, John Pelkey, Jeff Taylor, the triumvirate, coming to you live <laughs> and in color. Uh, perhaps not in color if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, and we may have one, two, possibly three viewers uh, each day. We're, we're working on trying to uh, get that promoted on another platform to get more people, uh, give more people a chance to watch it, John. So that's what we're going to try and do because okay. right now we have about six, basically about six uh, viewers, uh, semi-regular right. viewers. I think one of the best parts of this podcast is that uh, the viewing and listening public learn things at the same time I do. So I think that's pretty cool. Well, this was something that was just discussed prior to you getting on ah. uh, on the uh, thing. Just discussed. I was making yeah. coffee. I felt like I needed coffee for this. Uh, for no, this. I think I do as well. I, I'm uh, a little uh, little tired. You're a little lethargic? Little, I went to bed early last night. I did the right because yesterday I started to feel a little peaked. You know, I started. Uh, I, I just uh, you know, and, 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 and I make sure that my affairs are in order now when I get the sniffles and everything, as 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 we all should. Yes. Um, and you, uh, you were peaked and you had the sniffles at the same time. You, yeah, well, I was doing yard work and I have a little bit of an allergy to cut grass. And sometimes not always, sure. but sometimes when that happens, you know, it makes me so I was feeling a little. So I actually went to bed early and got a lot of sleep. Normally, you know, normally that's the time my wife goes to bed. She takes care of her like pet rescue stuff and the work, work she's doing. And I just stay up and either watch World War Two documentaries or sports. So. It's good life, or good old life, clips, yeah. or old clips from the West Wing. I do yeah. that too. Graham gotta, Norton show stuff. Yeah, there. It's a you know, life of Riley. That's what John Pelkey lives right now, and uh, no, no. everyone is uh, everyone is probably pretty envious of that. I, I I mentioned the six viewers, yeah, or the six total listeners, whatever, because a third of those, a third of those are Dodger fans. Yeah. And uh, the chief of the fire, John, and I have not told you, this is something you were just learning now. The chief of the fire yeah. uh, was not happy with your comments the last show. Okay. Because even though you were referring to one particular Dodger fan that lives in our town, yeah, 3,000 miles I, away. Whose name I will not say, Ali Flores. Two no, Fat Dads. Will former not, former will Two Fat Dad podcast co-host, Ali Flores. <laughs> but... But you you made it sound like you hated all Dodger fans. Nah, you don't no, hate no. the team, nope. but you hate all Dodger fans. And he said that your you know your ride on uh, what is it? I don't know. The, squad fifty one. Squad, yeah, that's what that the whole squad yeah, fifty one. The whole thing. Well, no, it was on thin ice. He okay, well, it's on thin ice. But, see, but here's the thing: with Brian lives in California and is a Dodgers fan, which is I'm fine with that. And and I'm generally fine, Mark. You know this about me, and I know I know you have to go soon, and we have to run through all of this very very quickly. <laughs> this show is going to go through you like crap through a goose, people. All right, you get you get what I'm saying here. It's going to just run right through you. Thank you, um, Oliver Stone. But it's uh, uh, I believe Oliver Stone wrote that line. Uh, yeah, he wrote the he wrote the screen. He oh no, it was Coppola. Did Coppola no, it was, write it? I, it wasn't Stone who wrote the screen. No, no he no, blamed. He blamed the screenplay of Patton on like Vietnam War, you know, Oliver Stone. Yes. Ooh, have another was, cup uh, of crazy. I love his work, was, some of his work. Yeah, it was Coppola who wrote the screenplay for Patton. Um, I, you know, my whole thing about, and, and you're a little bit this way as well. You have legitimate reasons to like the team you like. And not, and what an illegitimate reason is when I started liking the sport, they were good. That is not a legitimate reason to like a team. 
No, no, no. Um, you that, don't have, that in fact you don't, right, you don't have the right to like that team. No, that, that exposes your bad character when you when that's sure. when that shows that you're you're a front runner. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, you're 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 that guy. And and we don't want that from you. Um but if if uh geographically, if geographically you Yes. You know, yes. If you know someone who played for the team, I mean, yes. you know, every, we might know that. If you move to an area geographically, brainwashed you. Be prepared. Yes, because like you, you're young you, and you have no choice. Right. You're from San Francisco, and your yeah. children grew up in West Virginia. Natural enemy of San Francisco. I mean, really, if there is a natural I mean, enemy, honestly, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. it's just. No I mean, it's it's a good thing there's about twenty four hundred miles in between them because otherwise there'd be there'd be just shooting. At least on one side, there'd be yeah. Shooting. On one side, it would go only come from the people that are armed. Right. The other side, there'd be probably dancing. But it, the um, <laughs> the uh, that that's kind of my whole wow. thing is that these Dodger fans that annoy me. And it, it's just like, you know, I, know. I went to I the, uni- I, I nominally went to the University of Florida. Yes. And so I cheer for the Gators. That oh, makes sense. You but, went there. You took classes there. But the, you were accepted into that university. What were the requirements uh, for you back in 1988 whenever uh, you went? A number two pencil and ability to pay. That was it. That was literally. And I transferred in. So it was even worse because, you know, they'd already failed pencil. out. They'd already failed out all the all the kids who showed up and basically just destroyed their liver in one in in one semester. Because, you know, you know, uh, I'm not a parent. But if if you if you if you keep your children away from children, if you keep your older kids away from alcohol completely and tell them that it literally is the worst thing ever, the minute they get to college, they're going to put their head in a vat of gin and they're going to fail all of their classes. So please, people, you know, use some use some common sense here. But it's just pick up eighteen that, different uh, STDs as well, right? The, the the you know the fan of the people who didn't go to the school and they're the fan, or it's just those are the ones that bother me the most. Don't really have a connection to it, and they just sort of glammed onto it. And that's that's kind of how I feel about the Dodger fans that have pushed me over the edge recently. And, and again, you're you're making the case, and I made this case to, to, to the chief of the fire as well. I said, listen, it wasn't about you, and, and, and you may have, you know, in your, what, what is your want? It is your want to uh, tread you know, lightly. No, 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 no. I mean, it, it, it's your it's your want to um, I'm giving it hyperbole. Thank you very much. That's the way I, I was looking hyperbole. I, I was yes, thinking, of course. I was thinking hyperextend. <laughs> well, see, God this knows, is man my age. That happens pretty easily. This too. is Just, why I needed coffee before this show. But you're, but yes, you have a tendency to uh, hyperbolize, and you were you were sort of categorizing all Dodger fans. But you, you the the genesis of your rant, the heart of your rant, was about one specific person essentially well and and and, and the crowing and about guy. something that happened the crowing about something that happened yes. that, is, that isn't a game changer you know, you know what i mean it's it's like if if a guy hits a, a three-run home run and ties a game that you've been behind the whole time or i even said i'd give you getting to within one but Corey Seager hit a home run to to to, to get them within three late in a game or you know four, midway through i, a game. I think it was, was seven, it four yeah, it was seven, I, I can't even seven seven inning, yeah Shut up. First of all, I think and, that's bad karma told, for I, you. Yeah. Don't you? Don't yeah, you think I that's don't know bad why you do that. Although technically, see, this is where this is where Chief of the Fire and and Tom Moreno uh, chimed in because they were both on this thread and they were oh saying, uh, you know, uh, Brian was saying he hopes that you have a rant 
you know, please have a rant before every Dodger game. Because, of course, sub- subsequent to that, they scored 11 runs in the first inning. And, uh, and there was a line of thought. We talked about the bats waking up. We talked about A-Rod talking about momentum starting in the right. ninth inning. And, well, it really did start in the seventh inning with Alex uh, with uh, Corey Seager. Home Seager! Run. Three-run home run. And um, and then they got, I think, another four. That's what it was. They got another four in the yeah. uh, in the ninth, and then they get eleven in the first. So I mean, there yeah. was a major run of bat awakening happening to the Dodgers, uh, but that ended last night. And uh, I did text both of them in the sixth inning, at the top of the sixth inning, uh, when it was they had just gotten the Braves out in the bottom of the fifth. Kershaw had a nice bottom of the fifth inning, and I texted them both saying, "Man, this is a good game." And the sixth inning, uh, the Dodgers went quietly, and the the Braves did not. So yeah, it um, and and Clayton Kershaw, goodness gracious, uh, he is such a terrific pitcher, and I really like Clayton Kershaw. I love the commercials that he's I, doing I do now. Too. I do too. I, and I, I, and I, I don't I know. I don't know how much you can. You know, we talk about guys clams in big games and blah 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 blah. I, I don't know. You know, starting pitchers have off days and on it's, you know, it's a difficult, there's a, it's, it's kind of razor thin there with, you know, a couple of pitches can really make your line look horrible. But I mean, now just the consistency of, of the failure. Now I did look back at his ERA and his ERA in like world series and national and NLCS games and in the playoffs is a run or so better plus or minus a little bit. Um, but that's well, to be expected. You're playing better teams, so there's the, some of that anyway. In the LDS, it's in the threes, but in the and uh, in the LCS, it's in the fours, and in the World Series, it's in, it's in the five. So if it, it it depends on what series you're looking at. And this is the other stat about her, uh, Kershaw. Maybe <clears throat> this is where you can put more onus on the manager. Is that sixth inning plus? Yeah, for for Clayton Kershaw, he comes apart for any for any pitcher that has gotten to the sixth inning and pitched. 20 times or more in postseason history, his sixth inning plus ERA is the worst of any. Yeah. Of the worst of any. So at that point, you think he has a good fifth inning. Don't let that don't let that tempt you, Dave Roberts. Yeah. If he goes out there and and there's 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 a guy that gets on, yeah, it was a kind of a squibby grounder. Uh, you know, the way um it wasn't Albies, it was uh, Acuna. He let off. He was the top of the top of the inning, and he and he kind of hurt himself on his hand, and and uh, the throw was bad. But it was a little squib. Yeah. And the, and then Freeman's hit was sort of a seeing eye sig- single. Mm-hmm. So so that's Robert saying he's he, he's not being hit hard. Right. Well, Dave, uh, and and I've defended <laughs> Dave Roberts because he's gotten his team t- to a, the playoffs five years in a row for crying out loud. Got to two World Series. I mean, it's not as if he's a bad manager. No. But is he but, any different than Don Mattingly? Well, when Don Mattingly was the manager. That's a great point. Uh, Don Mattingly got fired, uh, and uh, and uh, and Dave I, I Roberts say, may if they bow I would out. Say he's better. I would say he's better than Mattingly, but uh, but I, I didn't like Mattingly that much as a, as a manager for the Dodgers. But the point is, is that if that statistic is looking you in the face, that he is the worst. Yeah. Like there's no there's no one worse. <laughs> <laughs> when you get to the sixth inning, the second there's trouble, pull him. The yeah. second there's trouble, even if it's a squib that is uh, misplayed, it wasn't misplayed, but it was a would have been a hit. But he, you know, he ended up on second base because the guy yeah. uh, overthrew it or whatever it is. Yeah. 
So it was a little bit of a great. funky play. It wasn't. It wasn't just sort of a normal place to play yet. No, it, it's a good point. And you just wonder if uh, also with Kershaw at this point. I mean, he obviously knows what's happening, and you just wonder if if something doesn't go his way. And we see this from time to time with players and with teams as well. Um, I think you, we've we've seen it this year with the Atlanta Falcons. They're just they're predisposed that when something does go wrong. Now, now it's just compounding and uh, other guys, you know, they talk about, especially in the NFL quarterbacks and cornerbacks have to have a very short memory. And uh, people talk about John Unitas and we, you know, we don't talk about him enough. We talk about great quarterbacks, but said you didn't know the difference if Unitas went in and threw a touchdown pass to win the game or he threw an interception to lose the game. I mean, his just demeanor was the same. But I, I do. I feel bad for Clayton Kershaw. I like Dave Roberts as well. But frankly, if they bow out again and the Braves have, what, three games to win one, uh, he, I mean, what do Yeah, you- there's not been many. There's not been many comebacks from three to one. The last one was actually the Giants in 20, um, let's see, what was it, 2012 against the Cardinals. They were down yeah. three to one. Uh, the one before that was a Dusty Baker managed team. The Cubs had a three one lead on the Marlins in 03. Yeah. Uh, the one before that was 1996, Johnny. The Braves were down to the Cardinals three to one. That was Tony right. LaRusso's first year. Right. They came back and, and won. And speaking of the 90s Braves, every single year of the 90s, outside of the first year, 90, from 91 on, every time they had a postseason, which was all the years except 94. Every one of those years, they made the championship series, the Braves. Yeah. Yeah. They have not been to the championship series since 99, and they have not been to a World Series since 1999. And it's interesting, if they were the ones to get in now uh, at the expense of really the team that you've mentioned this before reflects the Braves of the 90s. Yeah. Constant excellence in the front office, mm-hmm. in the in the in the minor league system, yep. signing the right kind of role players, signing great free agents, great pitching, great lineup, and just cannot get over the hump. Yeah, it's it's it, it and and it doesn't come the way uh, and you know the sports are different, but we we always look back at the Raiders of the seventies, and uh, you know they won more games than any other team in the NFL, I believe, in the nineteen seventies, but they only won one Super Bowl and they lost you know, in, in championship games and in divisional playoffs, but they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers of that time, the, the, the Miami Dolphins earlier of that time. I mean, just these, these teams that have put together these classic runs and, and their run was longer than either of those teams, honestly, um, because they were in a Super Bowl in after the 67 season. And, but they just never really could get, get over that hump. Uh, I don't know what to say about the Dodgers because I'm, you know, I'm reading about people who are like, yeah, if they don't, if they don't do it this year, it might, might be time to break this team up and start over again. Yeah, I don't see that makes no sense to me. But because people are saying it. You've seen that people are saying that. Well, and some of it is money, and I don't, know, I don't know all of the money situation. And, and we shouldn't write this series off yet either, because if no. there is a team that can come back from three to one, it's the Dodgers. And and if there's a team that could come back with a series of six, seven, eight run uh, differential wins, it's the Dodgers. It is, even but with the, even with Freed and Anderson lined up for game six and seven, three to win one though, man. Uh, again, it doesn't happen often, but it's mm-hmm. it's ironic. As many teams have come back from a two nothing deficit, is the same amount of teams that have come back from a three one. You'd think three one is a little bit harder, um, but ev- you know statistically, it's not. All right, let's go to our progressive trivia. I thought it was your turn, John, and so I just forgot about it. 
And then at 1.30, I thought, shoot. <laughs> we haven't communicated at all, and it's on me to at least ask you right. to do that. And I no, did. It, it was it was yours because we used mine. Uh, you had to do the one because we, we had a we had a week off where neither of us or a show off where neither of us had to do one. So kind of threw us off. All right, so here we go. We're looking for an NFL football player, past or present, Heisman Trophy winner, led the NFL in passing. He's a Pro Bowler, averaged thirty nine hundred plus yards a season. So. You know, there could be a few guys, I suppose, at this point in time. There it is right there. You're getting a lot of clean. You know, the, the second you put in Heisman Trophy winner. Throw that up one more time. I'm sorry. I was I was just, I got a sports update, and I thought it was something actually, and it's not. It's just one of those letting me know that someone else tested positive for COVID, and I think it's the uh, Patriot one. Uh, Heisman Trophy winner has led the NFL Pro Bowler average 3,900 yards a season. Okay. Oh, that's pretty nebulous, man. You, you definitely did not want me getting this on the first – <laughs> you knew putting Heisman Trophy up there was going to, you know, that was going to get me, was going to fire Trophy. me up a little Come on bit. now, there's, you know, there's only so many. I know, I know. That's how I got the George Rogers the last time. When you said Heisman Trophy winner, I was able to narrow it down. Heisman Trophy winning running back. I can narrow it down now to eight or nine guys. And, right. Yeah, so a little bit more than that with the quarterbacks. But yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So let's talk about let's let's continue to talk about Major League Baseball. Uh, oh, good, good, good. I'm glad Joe Connolly's wife, Amanda, um, approves of the hat. The run, the run Disney hat. It's a nice looking hat. Don't you think, Johnny? Yeah, I like that you know? hat. It no, I like that hat. Earphones matches the earphones. Yeah, that, but I like that yeah. hat. That's a, that's a good looking hat. See, the brim's not too tall. Doesn't have that, you know, dad with the t-shirt that says Ferrera family vacation. And then they're all, you're all like some sort of. Can Disney you imagine? Can, can oh you imagine, God. John, if I, you, you, you can't ever imagine me having a shirt like that. No, you know no, 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 no. Ferrera no, no. family vacation. No, not unless. Just the effort it takes to put that together. Right. Not unless family. somebody else made it and gave it to you. Because both yes. you and I, I have to take, both you and I are big on, if we get swag stuff, we're generally going to wear it. Though I don't, I don't generally do hats. So. No, you know, because again, your hair looms, looms large. Looms large in me legend. And good for you to be uh, as advancing in age and your hair just uh, remains the same. Well done. Um, actually looks even better, you, you know? Yeah. You. I'm an attractive. Cool. I'm an attractive man. <laughs> All right. So, uh, let's talk about Tampa Bay and Houston. Joe Connolly, very excited about his Montreal Astros. And, um, it, it is a, it is a fun series. That was a great game last night. Yeah. Some great defensive plays. I texted you. Terrific and, uh, pitching. I mean, what yeah. both, did both starters got into the seventh, I believe, or at least through the sixth with quality starts? And they were, and I don't have the actual statistic, but I mean, that has been so uncommon in the playoffs that both starters have gotten to the sixth. It's just crazy. It's the antithesis of every deep dive we do where we talk about guys, you know, six complete games in, in, the, in the playoffs. Uh, but it is really, really a good, a good series. These teams are, nicely matched with each other and uh yeah I, I just as i said before we came on the air you put that tampa houston game on for somebody who is not a baseball fan i think you could give that to them and go here's baseball here's a here's a baseball game that will keep you interested the whole time it wasn't a silliness game with you know 17 run crap and all of that and i mean that's fine score all the runs you want but you know those are they are what they are um but for a non extra innings game that that was about as exciting as one uh, as a playoff game I've watched in a long time actually uh you know Tampa's uh pitcher lasted uh one 
one and a third. The Fleming came in and pitched three. And um, Anderson came in and pitched the, uh, you know, pitched a, a, an inning and a third and gave up the home run to Korea. Seeger's pitched uh, two. So they had four pitchers last night. Yeah. And uh, Houston, however, Man, it might have been. I might. I made. I just probably wrong on which game that was. You, but you, just, you hopped. You hopped a game because the. Oh, glass was the game out. before. Yeah. Was the game yeah. Before. Okay. Yeah. Because last night, uh, Houston used seven pitchers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well. And anyway, in this series, that's what you, no you're just seeing two innings. Yeah. In, in this series, and Granky had uh, both uh, went through the sixth. That's it. In the yeah. game before. At at any rate, uh, I, I can't be expected to know all this stuff. No, you can't be expected. I knew seventy. I knew especially especially in this marathon playoffs of baseball, they're no not days taking off. days off. I, I don't know if nuts. I'm I'm it's getting nuts. annoyed by them not taking a day off, frankly, because it's like I need. When can you? Can I step back for a second and not have to think about it? And I forget games are on. And oh my god! So tonight it's like six and nine o'clock starts. What it was a five o'clock start the other day. They're they're making that part a little bit difficult. But in a couple uh, weeks, you're going to get the shakes when it's only really, NFL and it's only going to be two days a week because I think the Thursday night game is over. So, uh, well, start- the way COVID's going, though, there'll be a Tuesday and a Wednesday night game here and there. Pac-12 is going to play on Friday night. So it'll all uh, my dance card's going to fill in nicely with football. It will. It will. <laughs> uh, I, I texted you that I do love. I, I know people uh, don't care for Bregman, although he made a great barehanded play late in the game. Clutch, clutch throw and uh, clutch pickup. But I've always liked Carlos Correa. We used to do a show called Astro Line Radio at the ESPN Club where my, the great Milo Hamilton, RIP, uh, Hall of Fame broadcaster Milo Hamilton. Always called you Mike. Always called me Mike. Years, years and years called you Mike. Purpose. Yep. And he always reminded me of my uh, of my grandfather as well. And he uh, was great. Had a feud with Harry Carey that was 30 years. Wouldn't, wouldn't answer questions about it. No. Somebody ask a question. I want to They say, uh, can you talk about, you know, your feud with Harry Carey? And then he's like, next question. I mean, just wouldn't wouldn't touch on it. So no, because he if he can't say anything nice, he can't he won't say anything. That that was his motto. He still owes me money. He can't That's say anything why. nice. That's why he so, had all of the 71 dolphins. What an idiot. Ah. Check out the kid of the sombrero. Hey, go, go, Godzilla. Hardy, bring me another martini. That's a, not a great Harry. It's a not, not I'll tell you, Harry. though, if you want to find out what the feud was about, you can buy Milo's book. It's all in there. And wow. it's and it yeah it goes it goes after Harry Carey pretty good. At, at any rate, we would do that. It would be broadcast. It was a live radio show broadcast back to Houston, and we'd interview fans in the club. And the, the inexplicably not really because it was Disney and people were from everywhere, but like it filled with Houston Astros fans every yeah. single. And well, they promoted. We're already there to watch spring training. A lot of them because the Astros were just down the road in Kissimmee. Right, and they promoted it. Go figure. I mean, they right. literally, you know, D- Disney, who anti-promoted our show, I mean, they they put together a website of the ESPN Club, and it just said closed, and that was just up 24-7, 365 to keep people away. But the Astroline guys, um, who were just great, and, you know, Jeff Luno, and we, we dealt with those guys who ended up getting shuttled out the door where the cheating sit. They're always great to us. No, they were, and... And they did a beautiful job. You know, we were rooting for them when they had yeah. those multiple seasons of 50-plus wins. Absolutely. And uh, and they had done a nice job. And it all started, really, a lot of that started with the signing of Carlos Correa, yeah. you know, at 18 years old. And they brought him in. Yeah, he had just been signed. Baby. And he, 
it was unbelievable how well he presented himself. Oh, my God. And he As was. He would, he looked like he was 14. He looked like he was 14, and he sounded like he was 45. Yep, yep. So mature, handled himself so well, and you could see all of those Astros fans who didn't know who this guy was. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. Heck, there we might have a future. So I followed him this, you know, the whole time, and he's had obviously a very, very, very good career. And uh, last night, what a way to win it! So now it's three to two. Only one team in the history of postseason series in the history of baseball has come back from a three nothing deficit, and only a handful have actually brought it to a seventh game. Right. So I mean, the odds are still highly stacked in the favor of Tampa Bay, but it's a fun series. I'm glad. I'm glad it's become a series. Yeah, yeah, no, with, without a doubt. And uh, I'm still, you know, the odds are still on the I-75 series. So fingers crossed, even though they will be nowhere near I-75 when they play the series, sadly. Good call. That's a very, very good call. Yeah. They'll and be you just think if Tampa was in the series, if Tampa was in the series, they'd have like 70, 80 percent capacity in the dome over there in St. Pete. That'd yeah, they'd something. have they'd have twice. They have three times as many fans as will actually be in the stands. I, I opine that one of the reasons they're doing as well as they are is that their players are used to playing in front of empty houses. So, yeah. you know, they feel at home. They do. They get a bit scared if there are people there. <laughs> people yelling at them and stuff. All right. Uh, any other baseball things to add? If if you were to, if you were to be a betting man, John, I really don't think you are for the nope. most part. Nope. Uh, nope. Are you ready? Are you ready to abandon the Los Angeles Dodgers? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. No. I think I, I don't. I yeah, absolutely. I didn't think they get swept. Certainly, but I. I think I still think the Braves win the series. Jeff. Yes, I abandoned the Dodgers uh, forty-five years ago. To be perfectly honest with you, I've I thought they were going to lose every game they've played for the last forty-five years, and quite a few of those years, I didn't do much else than that. Mark, no, your really feelings? Never. My feelings is that I'll never count them out. I'll never count them out. So uh, they're too good of a team. They think, you know, I've I've seen it happen before. I've seen it happen many, many times. I'm 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 an old man now, and I've seen uh, three one comebacks. Quite well, now that times. Kershaw guy's out of the rotation for the rest of the play, you know. Yeah. Good lord. The, put him in the bullpen for the series, Mark. If you get to the series, you just put him in the bullpen. It, maybe just you pull do. him after five, even if he's got a no-hitter. It's what they did with Tim Lincecum. Yeah, pull him after five, literally. Just pull him after. I'll tell you what, Dave Roberts. I'll, I'll go halfway with you. This first sign of trouble in the sixth, pull him. The first sign of trouble in the sixth. He gets behind a batter, two and nothing. He's yanked, okay? He has to be ahead on every count in the sixth inning on. Uh, but, yeah, I just, I just, you know, they did that with Tim Linscombe in 2012. They put him, they 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 shoved him in the bullpen, and he actually, you know, it was actually helpful to have Bottom of five, and we've got Kershaw working on a perfect game. Freeman steps up to bow. Here comes Dave Roberts, and he's going to hook him. Holy hell, I don't know what Kershaw is saying. Let me try to read his lips. You motherfucker. You motherfucker. Oh, boy. Hey, there's Davy Lopes in the stands. What's he doing here? What? Why would? Why would? Why would Vinny, Why would Vin Scully just just say that out loud? Because he can't. He's Vin Scully. Why? Why would he, he's motherfucking the hell out of him? Holy Jesus! Good Lord! And now, oh my God, Kershaw's attacking Roberts. And look at Dave run. 
Tell you what, still got wheels. The same wheels that helped the Red Sox come back and beat the Yankees. And Kershaw's got him in the corner, and this is not going to be good. <laughs> Davey Lopes is upset. I, for one, am happy to see it. There's nothing like, I tell you, after all those years in this game, I've seen everything except a man beaten within an inch of his life during a game, and I'd like to see it. I'd die a happy man. Then sort of going off. Sorry. I'm just having no compunction about saying exactly what Kershaw's saying to Dave Roberts. Uh, but I would I would advocate that. I would think regardless of how uh, of how beaten up Dave Roberts is after that uh you know incident, I, I think that would be the proper proper call for him. Before before Vin's call, I think the biggest proponent of that would be clean Kershaw. It's in his head. He know. believes it. Hey, you know what? I, yeah. I, I, I honestly, I do believe that there is some something to that. That you know, just the um, we know people like that, and uh, and I have been accused of being a person like that who you know, just waiting for something to go wrong, and you just wonder with a Clayton Kershaw, you, are you just waiting for something to go wrong? And it's again, it's unfortunate, but there there are those folks who just don't they wilt under under that. Uh, under that microscope and there are teams, there are teams built for the regular season and built for postseason. And boy, he's built for the regular season clearly, but the postseason, it's the, it, and it's not a short resume at this point, Mark. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's a narrative. It's, it, it's an, it's an actual narrative with lots of evidence to yeah. point to it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame. It's it shame. is. Uh, believe it or not, believe it or not. I'm, I'm not happy with that. Um, either. And as much as I love to see the Dodgers struggle, uh, lose and, and the like, I, um, I feel, I do feel bad for Clayton Kershaw. I really do. I'm looking at the, uh, so we got Blake. So Blake Snell, wait a minute. This is tonight. Blake Snell going tonight against Valdez. Now I know glass glass now. Uh, so Blake Snell is two nights ago. Yeah. Blake Snell, who was he part of that Archer trade? To I don't Pittsburgh. think he was. I know Glasnow they got in that trade. I don't. Lenny's think saying he was. That. So uh, no, I know, but uh, uh, all right. I mean, yeah, that Archer trade really worked out for Tampa Bay and has not worked out in any way, shape, or form for the Pittsburgh Pirates. All right, uh, with the Rays and the Astros, you all, you both think the Rays are gonna? Yeah, I still think the Rays I win still this think thing, Jeff. Too. Yes. Yeah, I believe so. Probably. I tonight. think so. Probably I tonight. So. I think so as well. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. Let's go to our second set of progressive trivia clues. Starts out with the Heisman Trophy, led the NFL in passing. He's a pro bowler, 3,900-plus yards a season. Uh, played with four head coaches. Number one overall draft pick, Johnny. Made the all-rookie team. Has played with two teams. Four head coaches. Okay. Mm. There it is. Okay. Uh, all right. It's, it's steeping with John Pelkey. Let's talk about the. Uh, uh, let's let's do our fabulous, fun football Friday uh, discussion right now. We'll talk a little pro football. We'll talk a little college football. We mentioned uh, the last show that uh, LSU and Florida has been postponed. We yeah. don't know. We don't only know. one. 
Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We don't know when, though, at this point, right? Or no, I, I, it, it hasn't been. It hasn't been re. Uh, now Plunkett played with more than one team, Lenny. So it's not Plunkett. Um, it. Uh, we, you know, they have not re rescheduled that yet. There's some shuffling that has to be done, and because of that, we really only have one noteworthy game this weekend. But it is a massively noteworthy game: Alabama and Georgia. And Nick Saban is saying he may be healthy enough to, to coach. Absolutely. He, he got the, he got the magic cure. At Walter you, Reed. You do know what really happened though, right? They said it was going to count against his record. So he's showing up now. He's like, I'm not letting somebody else tarnish my record. Yeah. And Steve Scar- well, Sarkeesian would be the guy actually on the sidelines. Right. Them. I know. I mean, do, do you really think now, now let me know. Do you really think he's that great of a game day coach per se that that would make that much of a difference? I do. I do. He is masterful generally at, um, and you know me in adjustments. I think what makes a coach the best is a guy who can adjust. And I think he has been largely masterful of that. And you can go back to something as obvious as putting Tua in over Hertz in a national championship game and how many coaches would have the guts to do that. And, you know, it's easy now in hindsight for us to look at and go, well, that makes a great deal of sense. Look at how great Tua was and Hertz had to go to another school and blah, blah. At the time, if you remember that in real time. I do remember that in real time. I thought everybody, it was crazy. It, yeah, it just seemed nuts. So I do think that he is worth that. Now, that said, I, I don't necessarily think if he's not there that Georgia wins the football game. But I do believe that he is a very, very important game day head coach. And that's not, to your point, Mark, not every head coach, even if they're a guy who's good at making uh, adjustments for his team, not I don't think every head coach is as 100% involved with that on game day as Nick Saban is. Right, because I've been reading a couple of articles saying that that would make a difference. That could push that. Uh, Tim Tebow thinks so. Yeah, it could push the favorite to Georgia. So we'll see. We'll see if he's on the sidelines or not. I expect him to be on the sidelines. Just Well, know, he's, he's Nick Saban in Alabama. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if you just got COVID. It doesn't matter. He would just hey, insist um, no one has a mask, and, and it would be fine. Hi, state of Alabama to me, Nick Saban. Uh, Alabama. It's got, um, it's got negative connotations. Saban-Bama. I'm sorry. I want you to name it Saban-Bama. The university? No. The state. Saban Bama, or I leave here and I go to Auburn. They would change the name of that state in a minute. So Nick Saban could Nick Saban could have smallpox. He could have he he could be. I mean, honestly, he could be radioactive, and they would allow him to stand on the side. It would not. Somehow, everyone will get. I mean, I think if someone has smallpox, it's treatable. Well, I mean, he could have like actively non-treatable smallpox. Look it up; it's a thing. I'm telling you, it wouldn't matter. Non-treatable. Yeah, you're right. It won't matter. He'll be on the sideline, and they'll win. They will right. win. It wouldn't be a hazmat uh, suit if he has to on the sideline. I, I think who's going to stop him? Who in Alabama would stop Nick Saban? You know, some Auburn fan would try to get there, but they just gun them down in a matter of seconds if they got in the way. Come on, he'll be on the sideline probably. More than likely. I, More than likely. I think Alabama wins the game either way. I agree. Um, Tuscaloosa. I don't know the last time Georgia visited them in Tuscaloosa. I wish the schedule was a little bit more balanced. 
yeah. in the SEC and so that you could have a home and home rivalry game between Georgia and Alabama that doesn't happen every 21 years or whatever it's been. So uh, it's just know, with we'll, those large conferences and you have to play so many in your division and you know, you want, you, you it's know, you the want divisional to, thing. I think yeah. if they got rid of the divisions, it would make it a lot easier. Well, but then they're not going to have the conference championship game, Mark. And that's, you know, I know that's, I know. that's fuck everybody money. That's not just fuck yeah, you, you money. Are, that's fuck everybody are, money. You are, this is, this is triple E. This is triple E explicit. This particular show. Is there, is <laughs> I mean, it's oh, a yeah. podcast. I'm allowed to say whatever I want, right? Well, no, I know, but you still have to put E on it. There aren't explicit. levels of explicit. No, so I know good. there's it's not. the same I one every time. Not. E to the third power, triple E. So, yeah, it's E regardless every time. All right, so uh, that's the big game this weekend in college football. In the NFL, there's, uh, there's a few decent games. Uh, Green Bay, Tampa Bay is kind of a fun game. Hey, listen, there. Looking at shocks for this week, there are three games that 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 stand out to me that could be a shocking game. I'll tell you right now that my lock is I think New England over Denver, and Cam's back really? at practice. Yeah, yeah, Cam is back at practice for them. Um, so I, I really, I, I really see that as uh, as a lock. But there are three games that I'm looking at that I uh, I'm that that are possible shocks for me. And Tampa Bay and Green Bay, you mentioned that, and and that is one of them. Green Bay being the favorite. Yeah. Um, I, boy, that that is a really, really good football game. I agree. Moment. And I Tampa, agree. This, this is going to be a real litmus test for for Tampa Bay because now we've yep. been through we've been through enough weeks now where they they should be getting more used to, you know they they've had now what would be the equivalent of their preseason. So now we're really going to see where they land. I, I and and has Green Bay really been challenged yet? We all think they're the best team, maybe in the NFC. Certainly, I think early on in the NFC they've looked as good as anybody, if not better. Um, but I, I, I have to tell you, I'm leaning towards that being my shock. Well, I, that is my shock. I'll have okay. to say that right And I'll take so. one of the other two just to, just to be different. But I'm with you on that. All right. So uh, Fournette is questionable, as is Goodwin, or Godwin, I, I should say. And uh, if, those two, if those two weapons come back, that will help. But they're, uh, they're banged up on the defensive line as well, uh, Tampa. And if you can't get pressure just rushing four on Rodgers, it may be a long day. It's, I they have got a little think- bit of depth there, though, don't they? Tampa's got a little bit of depth on the defensive line. They're, n- they're not quite as, you know, they can run six guys out there who can, who can put a little bit of pressure. What this may do, to your point, though, Mark, is it may not allow them to rush four. And if you have to start bringing the extra guys, depending on where Cam is right now, um, after the, the, the time off that, that is a tough, yeah, that, that could be a deciding factor. Okay. Are the, is the Brown Steelers a game you were looking at? Uh, it, it's, it's not a game. Okay. Not, I think it's a Cardinal, great football game. How about Cardinals Cowboys? Oh, absolutely. And how about Chiefs Bills? Uh, no, no. Okay, so I'm missing one then. Bears yeah. Panthers. Uh, no, though that's that's an that's interesting kind of a fun game. one. This I'm this is not a game that's terribly interesting, but I just kind of like it as an upset. And you know what I and you know my criteria is questionable road favorites. Generally. Yes, questionable road favorites. So the Ravens are they a questionable road favorite? No, <laughs> no. The um, let's see who else is the uh, questionable road favorite is the um no not even the giant not even the not even the skins are a questionable road favorite. Mm-hmm. Oh, Detroit. Yeah, at Jacksonville. Yeah. I see yeah. that. I see, you know, because Detroit is, 
endlessly disappointing. <laughs> I, mean, no, I don't are. think there's any other way to look at the Detroit Lions other than them being endlessly disappointing. And yeah, Jacksonville, for, for 50 plus years. And Jacksonville's one of those teams with Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew can get yeah. hot. No, he's, he's he's a little good. bit of a wild card, a little bit of a gunslinger thing going there. Um, I think that team, I think the Jacksonville team has, you know, nobody knows anything about them, but I think they do have some talent on the defensive side of the football. And uh, yeah, the, so the other two games for me were Dallas over Arizona, which I, I really do believe that I'm not sure why, because I think Andy Dalton is a solid backup and I think their offense is, is going to be good. Uh, and Arizona is just, Arizona's a little disappointing to me this year um, and uh, and Jacksonville over Detroit. But I'll go with Dallas over Arizona because it's a more important football game, certainly. Yeah, and Arizona's favored by one and a half in that one. But I, I like the Cowboys in that one as well. I think yeah. the Chiefs are going to be fine. Um, and we'll we'll talk more about locks and shocks in just a bit. Uh, there has something official come down has some sort of edict come down Jeff about Thursday night games no I thought we just got later in the schedule and they weren't playing the Thursday night games anymore they usually play them most of the season right I know uh, there wasn't one this week but yeah they, I wasn't I wasn't making a, a statement more than just a I don't think we're done they defense. To, to your point, no, to Jeff's point, though, they do. I mean, I think there was a period like the last month of the season where they don't play Thursday night games anymore. I think there are more Thursday night games. I think this Thursday off was a bit of an anomaly. I could be wrong on that. I haven't looked yeah, forward in the schedule. Well, because next week there is a Thursday game. Yeah, so I think I think that's more. But I do think like towards the last month of the season, they do uh, they do peel off a little bit the Thursday night games. Yeah, I mean, there's Thursday night's game going into at least week 10 at this point in time. So, um I don't know what it was about this week then, why why they had it off. That's something to do with all the COVID stuff. It, it, yeah, maybe been just a re uh, having to shuffle the deck a little bit, move the move the chess pieces around. Uh, which yeah. they're you know go, again for the NFL, and I am pulling for all of these leagues, um, but they are they're having to really uh, move those chess pieces around. And it's we have Indianapolis now has turned up with some COVID cases. Someone else with New England. Um, so. You know, fingers crossed. Yep. And they're doing yep. a night, you know, they're doing what they can. College football's doing what they can. Yeah. These non-bubble sports just have to be as it's agile and, and, you know, as they possibly can be. And and so far, so good. Baseball's done a nice job. We're, you know, just a few games away from the World Series. We're a few games away from the entire end of the season. And now they are in a bubble. And you notice, so, and uh, just to switch sports for a minute, but you notice the stories are starting to come out where people are admitting that the basketball bubble players are admitting that it really did affect them. And they they wouldn't in the moment, but just talking about how the hundred days in the bubble really were really was difficult for us. And I think something that that we all agreed about were, you know, the teams like the Miami Heat were the teams that maybe not as talented as some of the teams that they went further than, but they were able to manage that better. Um, so I don't know if the NFL could possibly look at a situation if they get to the playoffs of having to bubble people up. I think that's certainly a possibility. And I do know that from things that I've read from credible sources, they have said nothing is off the board at this point in time. And it, and it is the winter time and it might be the smart thing to do. Your guess was Cam Newton, by the way, uh, yeah. that's incorrect. Okay. Uh, Lenny guessed Jim Plunkett. Joe wants yeah. us to talk about Le'Veon Bell signing with the chiefs. I think I that's a great it. signing for it. them. I love it for them. Yes. I, I, I didn't like it for the dolphins. 
Uh, the Bills, I liked it maybe a little bit more, mm-hmm. but you don't need a one-year guy when you're right. not going to win anything this right. year. Right. No, I agree with you completely. He is that little, uh, you know, uh, Colin Cowherd, we bring up on this show a lot. Both you and I enjoy his show. He talks about that. Is you know, if you're he, he was uh, for for uh, to use a ridiculously overused term. He's like the cherry on top of the Sunday. And the Dolphins aren't there yet. They're they're exactly. not in that in that no. position. But I think for the Chiefs, yeah, to get a little more depth with with all the offensive uh, firepower that they have, and the possibility of losing somebody over the next 10, 11 weeks, whatever have we have left, uh, I think it's a great signing for them. And I think for Le'Veon Bell, good lord. There aren't well, too many places he, I'd prefer to end up. <laughs> no, if, if he can't if he can't do well and be productive there, then. I, I said it when he was a free agent. I thought, yeah, of course he has something left. I think he's only 28. Yeah. Uh, but he hasn't had a decent season in three years. How much tire treads off that tire over the last uh, few years? Or how many carries does he have as well? That's, that's Well, and he took that whole year off right, when, he, right. when he sat out. I, I just don't know. He hasn't had a – now, he had an all-world year in 2017. Right. He had almost a total of 2,000 yards from scrimmage between uh receptions and running but you know i don't know but i think it is i think if you if you want to lay on bell for one year exactly it's got to yeah, be a carry I, on I, top it's the yeah. last piece you don't you don't want to compromise sal- salary cap in the future even or whatever if, it is even even, even for now. this mark even let's just assume you come down to the last four weeks of the season or so and the and the chiefs are in obviously are going to be a playoff team we know that you just get him more carries. You 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 keep some of your other set pieces off the field for a bit. I, I think I think it's a very smart signing. I think Andy Reid, you know, and, and coming from the Jets, which are uh, just such a tire fire, and Bell's personality. I think he's the type of guy. And this is, I don't want to paint with too broad a brush here, but he's the type of guy who's not going to have a great deal of success on bad teams. I think that he's going to lose his focus or his desire. I think on a team that's a contender, I think Le'Veon Bell is going to be a, is a good pickup for them. Yeah, it is. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to yep. see. I mean, I did love him in 2017. Sure. Absolutely. That was, that was, and you know was, me running the football. Yeah. I'm all about running the football. I'm a little Woody Hayes when it comes to throwing the football. Three things can happen. Two of them that'd be, are bad. That'd be a, uh, that'd be a good deep dive. Woody Hayes. Uh, you know, and I, I, uh, Woody Hayes' goddaughter is a friend of mine. Uh, there you go. You start very, with an interview with her. We have a little multimedia presentation. You start with an interview with her. Yeah, I know you. You're, you want to push me towards a deep dive. That is, that is a possibility. <laughs> I, I can do the next deep dive. I don't. That, you know, that is a possibility. There's to too many sports, term. Mark. Too I, many sports to spend I, a day on that. Maybe post World Series. Post World Series. Then let's get through the World Series. It. Yeah, that that I that, think that makes. That's why I said November. November. Did you say that at one point? I did at one point. Oh, say I, I did not hear that. I haven't heard that. I would allege you didn't say that. So. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I'm sure you said it. I'm yeah. sure I didn't hear it. Let's go back to progressive trivia. It's not Cam Newton or Jim Plunkett. Right. First set of clues is he is a Heisman Trophy winner, led the NFL in passing, has led the NFL in passing. Pro bowler, averaged 3,900-plus yards a season. Uh, again, this is past or present uh, player. Played with four head coaches, number one overall draft pick, all rookie team. Played with two teams. Uh, let's keep it going. Played with Emmanuel Sanders and Quan Alexander. Considered the best dual threat quarterback recruit out of high school. Signed by the NFL and the MLB. And he won a national championship. So these, these really help you bring it closer 
to who this guy possibly is. All right. Did you give me a guess already, Johnny? Uh, no, no, I haven't given you a guess yet. I haven't okay. given you, I'm just looking at the time, and I know we only have 12 minutes left because you actually have. Now, do you you have something to do, and is is actually a paying gig, correct? It is. It is. Yes. No, I mean and that so, should be celebrated. We need to celebrate that that someone has a paying I gig. I know. I finally, I finally got a gig after all this time. I have, I have, a, I have, and I have multiple gigs at this particular institution. So you know, doing what I can to uh, institutions. To you know who else is at institutions? The criminally insane. You're, yeah, we need, you're all tied up with institutions. I really am. I really am. It's uh, it's where I find it's where I find peace. Yeah. It's my second home in institutions. So uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's what I have to do. I have to get out of here. Uh, you know, within about 10, 12 minutes. But we've talked a little NFL, talked a little college football, talked some baseball, Dodgers and Rays. And um, Tyrone Lou gets the uh, Ty Lou gets the the Clippers job. I think that's an excellent signing. I think that's excellent. I like Ty Lue, um, and I think and did Doc a, go to the 76ers? Is that it, was that finalized? I don't know. It, it, you know, because I saw you know there was a lot of uh, the, the the rumors that I kept seeing that was Lou was going to be either the Rockets or the Clippers, and everybody, of course, arguing if you want if you're going to get one of those jobs, what's the more attractive job, the Rockets or the Clippers? And I I do think it was the Clippers. I think Lou made a good choice there, whether or not he was offered the Rocket job, and then that uh, it was going to definitely be Doc the 76ers. But I don't Doc know. Is, Doc is the 76ers. It, it has been. He has signed the deal. Okay. All right. Good. I, I, like I like that, that too. I like, I like that, that because they're going to get over at least the hump they're in right now, right. which is like first or second round. There, I think they're going to go deeper into the playoffs with Doc. Great with an he's got great with an underachieving roster. team. He's great with yep. an underachieving team, making them better. It's just he's Clayton Kershaw to a certain a extent. Bit. It's when a he gets bit. when he gets deeper into the playoffs, his teams haven't had success. But I would like to inexplicably, growing up in Washington, I have a little bit of a love for the Seventy Sixers. I um, do too, and even though that no, you normally hate Philadelphia. As a as a concept, as a city, just post as, and, just just post eighteen hundred, probably eighteen hundred. Their their eighteenth century was outstanding. It was when They're the Sixers 18th. win a championship, you'll learn to hate them quickly. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing that you can like about the seventy sixers right now is their lack. I got to tell you though, can I? I got to tell you the this. last time they won, they had Doctor J and Moses Malone. I mean, it's been right. they it's may have had Moses. Closer. They may have actually had Moses. Yeah, exactly. So it was 1983. That's a long time ago. Oh, my God. I was 19 years old. My whole life was in front of me. Good Lord. The what? deep dive. What went wrong? 1983 to 2020. The John Pelkey story. Good that, God. that could be fun. That could be because, fun. We could set it up with all the things you have to look forward to. You know, you're, you're, you're set up on this lovely precipice for a for a fabulous future. Mm-hmm. You've been gifted with brains and with wit your, your, your mom and dad taught you, you know, they may have given you a misguided work ethic, but it was a work ethic nonetheless. <laughs> and, uh, and you were ready to just dive into the world and, and, and make it your oyster. Yeah. And but then he, we'll see what, and then we'll see, and then we'll go into what happened. You know, yeah, but a great the, 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 the downside, my parents were great. Uh, my, my, my mom's still doing well. She's going to turn 86 soon. She's great. And my dad was terrific. And, but being depression era kids, they, you right. know, all of that, that work ethic thing, Mark. But you know what I what I lacked was uh, ambition and dreams, because uh-huh. literally for my mother, it was like, wow, you know, I'd like to be an actor. You'll starve. You'll never eat computer. You take a computer class. My mother's still trying to take, get me to take a computer class, even though she's never operated a computer in her life. It was just like, you can't she's have any dreams. Forward thinker. If somebody offers you a job, take it, do it, do it to the best of your ability. Do it if it kills you. But don't have a dream. 
Good God. <laughs> have no dreams. They're like Grandma Walt. My mom's like Grandma Walton. You know, Lord. like if the kids came in and they were having a good time, she'd just yell at them. Ellen Corby, stop it! Ah! Stop running around the kitchen table! I'm making Walton's references. And I'd see, this is, you can see why my career is completely stalled. Good God. Stalled. Night, Mark. Night, John. <laughs> Night, John. Oh, my boy. gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a, almost a 60-year-old. Not quite. No, a 50-year-old reference. So, uh, you know, good work. And good Ellen job. Corby, she's in uh, It's a Wonderful Life. She's a great, great little scene in It's a Wonderful Life. Murray. Oh, old savings and loan. Sorry, I just have to do a George Bailey every now and again. No, it's 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 awesome. She does, isn't she? One of isn't she one of the ones that says, "Okay, I'll take just a, uh, less money." After after the, to that dude, that douchebag right, that's after the out. one guy, we'll call him Trump. After he says, "I want all my money. I want their money too. I'll rip your skeleton out of your throat, George Bailey, if I don't get my two hundred dollars, you scum sucking pig." After that, actual, uh, actual Ellen audio. Corby, yeah, that might they may have edited that down a little bit. Um, but uh, Ellen Corby's the one who comes up and says, "Could I get like four dollars or whatever?" Now, understand, four dollars could have bought a three bedroom home in, at that time. But yeah. Uh, yeah, she had a little great, great little turn of that. The great Ellen Corby. It's getting yeah. a lot of my wife and I laugh about that all all the time because I I went through a phase where I went back and was watching the Waltons because as a kid I watched that was oh, yeah. that was my sort of kid family friendly show my wife's a little younger than me she's five years younger than me so hers was little house on the prairie i was a little old for that mm. uh, they'll probably watch the first couple of seasons of that but the waltons was a big one so i went back and watched it and she's the one who pointed out she's like jesus grandma walton what a buzzkill yeah. she was yeah you know they come See, running in around the table school's sure, over and she acts like yeah, they're trying just, to have fun it's the depression let's they, let's have some fun right no be depressed it's the depression <laughs> don't you know it's the depression <laughs> don't be elation if don't this were the ocean, you could do it. Don't have fun. Ah! You know, John, and this is just more uh, more evidence to the effete nature of my personality, but I never liked the rural TV shows like oh, Petticoat Junction, well, Green no, no, Acres. No, wait, whoa. The whoa. Waltons. Whoa. Little House you, on you, the Prairie. You cannot put the Waltons and even Little House on the Prairie. The Petticoat Junction, those are, you know, kind of comedy well they're obviously they're comedies but those are a little lightweight comedies the, the waltons was a little it was fine a little I more dramatic it. there's it a little more dramatic it was a nice show i kind of enjoyed it but you were older it. i don't expect you you were older then you were you know you're probably watching the rockford files or something like that at that point in time which i watched as well love, love me some love james the rockford garner. files yeah love the rockford love some james sure. garner but uh yeah so the waltons was a big one for me because it also took place in virginia and See, we actually drove down to Schuyler, Virginia, which is where Earl Hamner, the creator, grew up um, and saw the house that the actual Waltons, who were the Hamners, uh, lived in. So there you go. How about that? Walton's talk. Walton's talk. That'll be the name of this uh, this episode. You After know, further review. John's talk. deep dive. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Deep, Richard Hamner Thomas. Whatever the deep, Earl Hamner. Deep dive. Come on. Sure, sure. I didn't care for Richard Thomas, really. I don't know what really? about him. See, nah. now, now, okay. Now, see, you're wrong. Um as you, per usual, that show dropped off when, when Richard Todd, he was the glue that held that show together. I agree. I agree. But everything post Walton's, it was so precious. Everything he touched was precious after that. And I, I thought, thought was, eh, I eh. thought he was pretty good in that, in that uh, flawed adaptation of Stephen King's it that they did before the movie. And they did a television movie of it. I didn't and see it. So I don't know. Richard, uh, you didn't see it. <laughs> Look at that. 
pun not intended. Um, he he was he was pretty good in that. He he did stage work and stuff as well. I, I See, like my mom people. agrees. Niku, Niku, Niku. I agree. That just uh, that's it was basically Niku. He was basically oh. Niku. See, this is this, this is this is the West. This is the West Coast. Oh, no, here it is. This is the effete thing. I was I I led I led with this. I know. When it's I like, put this out there, uh, here it finally comes back. I knew it was coming. Dirt Rhodes, put on that girl or whatever in the hell. Oh, my gosh, that girl. That was it. That was my favorite when I was a small child. She she had that. She was my first crush. Loved Marlo Thomas in that girl. Yeah. See, my uh, for All that the for, urban stuff, you know, the for that era, I go not. for that era. I go Barbara Eden in that era. If you're if you're talking about, you know, early television yeah. Crush. Didn't do it. Didn't do it for me quite as much, Barbara. Barbara Eaton. Eaton? Yeah. You know who did is um, Ellie May in uh, Beverly Hillbillies. Really? Yeah. She looked time. the same. I think she passed away at like eighty, and yes. she still looked the same. She kept the same. It was it was really sort of sad. It was a little towards the end. Now Don Wells. Don well, Wells. Don Wells also because I'm well. definitely a Marianne guy. Versus me Jay. too by far. Me too by far. Uh, yeah, but um, I loved, loved Marlo Thomas. Just absolutely loved Marlo. That was a pretty Thomas. funny show, too. That was pretty that was pretty well done. And single single at that time, single girl living in New York. By, I mean, that was, you know, that was groundbreaking. It was. It was groundbreaking. It led the way to a Mary Tyler Moore, for instance, those kinds of shows. And so. Right. Uh, all right. Lenny got it right. Lenny correctly guessed this player. Let's go to the progressive trivia and give you the answer. I threw this together like in 20 minutes, John, when I realized I hadn't asked you. I, I did the last progressive trivia, but I guess cycle-wise, it was still my turn. So Yeah, because uh, you, you used my Dave Winfield on Monday, and then, um, and then I did mine Tommy, on Tommy did Fridays. Tommy right. did Fridays. So, yes. Yeah. So I, I needed to do. So you hadn't done Wednesday one since Friday. a week. I'd, done, I'd, I'd not done one in two, two days in a row. It's okay. It got to the third set of clues. You, you done good. See, maybe maybe it's that. Maybe don't well, don't overthink it's, it. It's pretty nebulous, though. Yeah, maybe Heisman Trophy winner led the NFL in passing, Pro Bowler, averaged thirty nine hundred plus yards. I cheated a little bit in the sense that I uh, I, I didn't put I have averaged. Mm -hmm. I haven't said I have played. You know, I I made it more nebulous as to whether it's past or present, so that right. it's not. And has quite he actually easy. has he actually played with the Saints at this point? Has he actually been he on has the not. field? <laughs> so, he has not. He didn't really he has, play not, he has not taken a snap. Yes, <laughs> so you're right. He hasn't. But he's. I you know I'm you know he, I he understand. Some practice. I'm fine. With it. I'm fine with it. Played with four head coaches, number one uh, overall draft pick, all rookie team. He did make that. Played with two teams, obviously the Saints and the Bucks. He uh, played with Emmanuel Sanders now. And Quan Alexander with the Bucks, considered the best dual threat quarterback uh, recruit out of a high school, played at, at a high school in Alabama, signed by uh, the Rangers. I'm sorry, that's Saban Bama. Saban Bama. I love it. <laughs> knock, knock. I love this. Knock, knock. Hello, Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't, I don't do a good Alabama accent. Signed by uh, the National Football League as well. Who's as ringing the bell? Who's and ringing the bell? Coach Saban. Howdy. Sorry. Just picking on Alabama because they're going to win again. Yeah. This year. You're, uh, sound like Green Acres. Won a national championship. The only rural-type show I liked was Beverly Hillbillies because they were out of the rural area. They were in California. Into the city. Yeah. 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 I am. And that was that was a pretty good show, actually. I am Jameis Winston, who uh, who knows what his future 
hold. Yeah, it, it's it's really he interesting. Ripping on Drew Brees, who knows? Yeah, he. Well, I mean, let me be the fifth to say Drew Brees must go. Uh, I, I think he's just tainting his his legacy. Um, it's interesting that Jameis was considered the best dual threat quarterback in high school, and yeah. then really once he got up to Florida State, the the, the dual threat thing sort of. You know, he ran uh, under his first he year, run. freshman year. He he ran a little bit, and uh, but you're right. He didn't. He he wouldn't gain many yards when he ran. Oh, I wonder if he had had not been steered in that direction. Certainly, they had the success in Florida State. They won a national championship with him. But I wonder if he would be a more viable career. Would not have been derailed the way it has been in the NFL if he had kept that because now that's a more important part of a game for a quarterback than it was. Yeah. Then. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know about Jameis. You know, he has so much talent and he, and he just uh, hasn't been able to quite put everything together. Okay. So officially your shock, Johnny is what are you going with? You're Dallas going over Dallas, Arizona, over Arizona. And what's your, what's your lock? Uh, New England. Okay. I think with cam coming back, I, I just think, you know, I don't know why Denver. I have a sneaking bizarre suspicion about Denver in that game. I don't know, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not calling an upset. Yeah, uh, my I, upset, I understand that. My upset is Tampa, although I'm it, I'm a little iffy on that, and it's only point and a half. They're they're uh, Green Bay is favored, um, but it should be a good game. Although I think Tampa is still a little banged up, and certainly that second half performance against the Bears is somewhat concerning. But I'm I'm going with Tommy Boy. On this okay. one, and I'm uh, I think I think nothing against Aaron Rodgers. I know that's Lenny's favorite quarterback, but I think he's being a bit over. I think Aaron Rodgers is either overhyped or overcriticized. There's never just Aaron Rodgers talk. Little it's always Manning. he's having the best ever, or he's what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, you know? I used to feel that way about Peyton Manning. That it was you know there's a little overhype. Always. I mean, even going back to college, and yeah. he was a fine Hall of Fame uh, level quarterback. But is I still have to throw and you have to win some things. And uh, I think Aaron Rodgers should have more Super Bowl championships than he does. And that's not all his fault in my mind. Uh, Lenny's on Pittsburgh for the next uh, three weeks because week six through eight, they're uh, eight and one against the spread. And um, so there it is. That's that's that. So that's my uh, shock is Tampa over. Tampa over Green Bay. And my lock, of course, is the Los Angeles Rams. I know mom's watching the L.A. Rams over the the poor San Francisco 49ers because if they, you know, they can't get their offensive line straight. Their defense is a mess because of injuries. There's, there are excuses there. But their offensive line, and in, especially the interior of their line, is not good at this yeah. point in time. No, and they're right. facing Aaron Donald and the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, just good. Yeah. And after seeing what the, he did to the Washington football team. Yeah. I, that's, I, I I'm that's not as down. I'm not as down on San Francisco as you are, because I still think, you know, that there's a DNA of a pretty good football team there. And I think people could step up and I think they probably, while I don't think they're, and I know, I know you gotta go. It, why I don't think they're necessarily a playoff team this year. And I didn't coming in. Cause I just thought there'd be a fall off. I think they are the team that could certainly upset somebody at some point in the season, but they are a little bit of a mess right now. Down and I think track, Los yeah. Angeles may be a little bit better than I thought mess. they were. Yeah, bit of a mess. All right, yeah. they're they're coming they're coming back nicely from their uh, Super Bowl hangover year. So it should be uh, should be very interesting. Seattle, uh, among other teams, uh, with the bye this week. All right, that does it. We got more baseball today because there are no days off. Ladies. No days off, man. And others, no days off. 
Go so Braves, there, go Rays. There are two possible elimination games today. It's so it's fabulous. It's watch just great. your baseball, people. <laughs> Be a good American and watch your baseball. For Johnny, for Overnight Jack ratings Mark, aren't good. Overnight ratings aren't good. It's a dying sport. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're done. You've been listening to After Further Review. Have a good weekend, everyone. Stay safe.